Hey everyone, you're listening to Everyday Enlightenment. I'm your host, Trisha Martin-Owen, and today we are going to be exploring Ho'oponopono and personal responsibility. What does Ho'oponopono actually mean? And what does it have to do with personal responsibility? We'll be exploring this connection as well as the idea of being the change you wish to see in the world. Ho'oponopono, in its literal translation, means, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And when a person is repeating these words, either as a mantra or in specific situations, What they're doing is they're clearing old stuff. If you do this as a regular practice, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you, you'll start to see a lot of things surfacing. Things meaning old feelings and wounds and stuff from our pasts that are really needing our love and compassion will start to come forth. But the beautiful thing about Ho'oponopono is that it not only brings the stuff up, but it doesn't just leave you hanging. It helps clear it. And that's pretty incredible. I first came across Ho'oponopono years ago, and I thought it was a nice set of words. (laughs) I thought, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. Those are very kind words. But I didn't give it much thought after that. And I certainly didn't practice it. It wasn't until I started having a recurring issues, recurring issues in my life where I'm trying to overcome Uh, relationship obstacles and um, just things going on in my own mind that I wanted to get to the bottom of and fully understand so that I could really send compassion to those things, not just surface-wise, but really see all of the suffering I was going through from a very compassionate lens and heal it. So I'm going along on this journey, right, of trying to figure out how to heal myself and how to fully feel compassion for myself, how to really love myself amidst all of my foibles and shortcomings and things I've done in the past. And that's when I stumbled upon the concepts of nonviolence and mindfulness. And, um, got really interested in those and they were they got there they got me there they really helped um exercise my mind in a way that I was able to then take in more of these other types of concepts like ho'oponopono yet um I wasn't practicing Ho'oponopono. I, in fact, I had forgotten about it because I was so focused on um, mindfulness and 
nonviolence and other really wonderful pursuits, but um, just slightly off the mark of what I could have really used. So I was reading a story about a teenage boy who his father had asked him to pick him up from a conference in the city. They lived in the country at 3.30 in the afternoon one day. And the boy was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. No problem. Three o'clock, three o'clock rolled around and the boy said to himself, oh, I could just watch 10 minutes of this show. I love this show. I'll just watch 10 minutes and then I will go get my dad. Um, an hour and a half later, <laughs> he was so engrossed in watching his show, he realized he was grossly late for picking up his father and rushed out of the house and drove as fast as he could to the convention center where his father was waiting. Um, and by now it was about six o'clock in the evening and his dad looked genuinely concerned, genuinely worried for his son's safety. He said, where have you been? And his son said, oh, he made something up like, oh, there was car trouble. And his dad, his dad's face went from concern and genuine um, worry for his son to crestfallen. He knew his son was lying because he had called the mechanics. He had called his friends' houses. He had called around to see where his son was and if he was okay. His father hadn't thought about calling home. So he knew his son was lying. And he, his face was just devastated. And he looked at his son and he said, I'm so sorry that I have not created a container or a space for you to feel that you can be honest and forthright for me. I have failed as your parent. And in order for me to think about this and as my punishment, I am going to walk home. So he got out of the car and started walking home. The son was like, oh my God, dad, get back in the car. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. That just came out of my mouth. I don't know what came over me. I'm, I was watching this show. I got really engrossed in it. And his dad just kind of shook his head and he kept walking, looking, feeling genuinely sad about his, what he has done to create a situation like this where his son feels he needs to lie to him, even about something as small as that. And the son knew he had to follow his father. He couldn't just leave the car there because it was the family's only car. He had to bring it with them, but he knew he couldn't leave his dad. So his son followed his dad in the car at a crawl. They made it home six hours later, around midnight. Their mother was very worried and had waited up for them. And she saw the car slowly coming over the crest of the hill 
the lights of it. And then she saw her husband walking in front of the car. Needless to say, they both had time to think about their personal responsibility within that relationship and how they wanted their relationship to actually be. The father had some really good insights. The son had some good insights. And even the mother, because she was up waiting for hours, worrying about them. And in the end, it turned out to be a really good thing that they all had this time to reconsider things as their family relationships and their individual relationships were evolving, as all relationships do. But I think there's a special time for within families as children reach different milestones in their teen years especially and then as they become an adult where reevaluating the relationships can help set a solid foundation for how that child evaluates their own personal responsibility and relationships in the world as an adult and with their own families someday. Now, no family is perfect, and no family has all the answers. All we can do is try our best. And again, we can't do life wrong. We just keep choosing love and compassion again and again. And yet there are some very real and wonderful ways to overcome some of this early programming that we've all gone through as children in order to create the change we wish to see in the world around us. So often, much of the strife that we have and suffering that we have within our lives is relationship-based, whether it's with our families, our, our partners, our um, adopted families, meaning those people that we have made into our families who are our very dear friends, um, at work, um, at school, within our communities, all of life is about relationship with ourselves. And if we have a hard time with taking personal responsibility for our own stuff <laughs> and our own inner world, our outer world will never reflect what we truly want. This is why it becomes so easy for us to blame and shame others because we're not getting what we need from them. But that is kind of the opposite of taking personal responsibility. How can we get what we need from within? And 
oftentimes when people are first when people first encounter this idea the first thing that pops into mind is well if life is about relationships no one can live in a silo no one can create everything that they need within their own world and that is so true because we are all connected we are all as one not one of us is separate from the other every single person in the world has is needed and contributes even in the smallest way so there's no way that we can just be a silo on our own and yet the basis of Ho'oponopono is taking away that idea that I need you to dot 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 to change, to be like X, to do this. When you start practicing Ho'oponopono, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you, and you're directing it at yourself. Whenever that moment arises where you're like, uh-uh, no, I need this to change. Like, this has got to be different. You've got to be different. That's got to be different. I've got to be different. There is something coming up. There, That's some stuff coming up for healing and ready for clearing. And when you start saying ho'oponopono or the, those four lines... I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you, to yourself during those moments because you've been doing this in not those critical moments. So there's a little bit of a neuropathway created there for a little more space and understanding. You will start to recognize what your stuff is and you're, that's doing the real work. Then you're doing the work. Then you're taking responsibility Oh yeah, it's my, it's the inner child, the child below the age of six who never had X need met and is therefore totally scared about never having that need met again or having to do it all on her own. And I am the adult now. I'm the adult here and I got this. I can do this. I will do this. So taking personal responsibility for your blame, your shame, whether it's directed towards yourself or others, is the first step in literally being the change you wish to see in your world around you. At its most, um, one of the most inspiring stories I've heard of Ho'oponopono being used is was by a kahuna um, who is also a psychiatrist, Dr. Hugh Len, and he, in the in in the matter of a year and a half, he was a psychiatrist at a detention center for the criminal, criminally insane. And he 
single-handedly in a year and a half, took these men out of shackles. There was no more fighting. The medication, uh, the need for medications dropped significantly. Families started visiting again. They started going on outings. They started, they didn't need to use um, solitary as much or at all anymore. All because of this man. And he didn't do anything other than take 100% responsibility for himself. And when I first came across this story, I was astounded. I was like, no, no way. I mean, like, what kind of practical tools and methodologies and um, what did you do? Like, what else could you have done? And he was adamant. He said, I practice Ho'oponopono, and I took 100% responsibility. At the level of the kahuna, (laughs) he actually calls himself a garbage collector. (laughs) He says, it's, I'm like the human, I'm like the emotional garbage man. I, and it's not easy. This is not an easy job to be collecting all this emotional garbage and transmuting it to the light. But someone's got to do it. (laughs) And I thought, okay, wow. Like this is, this is the epitome of personal responsibility. And if this man can do it, anybody, we can all do this. We can all do this to some degree in our own lives taking utter responsibility for ourselves in our relationships. So there's that one person or maybe a couple people in your life that you just have the hardest time with. I mean, we avoid them. We do everything in our power to try to just not have any kind of contact with them or understanding of them. And what if we were to apply this idea of Ho'oponopono to those relationships? What would that look like? And it's not easy because that's going directly into the crisis. So what Ho'oponopono asks us to do is to practice it when there is a crisis regularly. Um, Just say it to yourself a couple times a day. See what happens. See what comes up. See how you can take responsibility for certain things and send yourself love and compassion for those things. And then when we get to that point where, oh man, we have to have a face-to-face conversation with this person or we have to do what we really don't want to do. Um, And we start to apply Ho'oponopono towards them, which is really also applying it towards ourselves because everything is connected. You might see some pretty amazing transformations. This is where I love how there's so many intersections in spirituality because Ho'oponopono is this culmination of 
shamanism and Buddhism and what the Course of Miracles teaches and um, all sorts of really beautiful concepts kind of rolled into one. And as we apply Ho'oponopono, it helps us detach from our egos a little first, which is that need, that seething anger, that child under the age of six who never had that need or those things met. But hey, you're an adult now, right? So you got you got your inner child's back, you got your own back, you love yourself. That's how you can stand solidly in front of this person or these people who you normally have great conflict with and not be as affected by the garbage that they're giving you. And a special note for empaths, because as an empath, this has been a huge, huge struggle for me. I take, I feel so much from the world around me. I feel so much, especially from my partners or my, my partner and my family, those that I'm connected to, um, on a day-to-day basis. I feel them so fully that I sometimes forget that that isn't my feeling. It's not my stuff. It's theirs. And so as an empath, there's like an extra layer of needing to step back and do the mindfulness meditations and reconnecting with yourself more and more and more so that you can be in fully and solidly in your relationships as yourself and not this kind of crazy enmeshment where you're feeling their feelings, you're wondering if it's your feelings, maybe it's a little bit of your feelings, but it's mostly not, or maybe you think it is, and maybe it really is. I mean, it can get really, really complicated really fast. So empaths is especially important to meditate, know that feeling of who you are, take a moment to clear some stuff and then come back to the um, situation at hand. Before we wrap up, I wanted to touch one more time on the idea of being a garbage collector. Um, for some reason, this is really stuck in my own mind. And as I encounter situations, and there have been several, it's been really weird, actually, uh, several instances in the past month or two where um, I've gotten screamed at for like road rage. And I mean, just weird, all sorts of crazy stuff that really have been a bit scary. But I've been wondering, what is this about? I mean, sure, we could blame this on the current political uh, climate where people feel enabled to spread hate. And I think that there may be something to that. However, I haven't been, I mean, I've heard of other people experiencing this, but this is, this is pretty foreign to me. I live in Portland, Oregon. I live, I mean, like, it's it's a pretty vanilla place here in all the ways where um, there's a lot of sunshine and rainbows. 
but I guess what we're seeing more and more of is this um, inner anger and hate bubbling up, and I've just been wondering about it. And when I came across the idea of being a garbage collector, it struck me. It struck me as very empowering because it took me out of the seat of a victim of being yelled at and of being, you know, uh, confronted by angry people. Um, and it put me in a position of, of empowerment, of being responsible for my own stuff and my own work. So as someone is doing these things to me, I can notice what's coming up. I can maybe in the moment... <laughs> Most likely after the moment, I'm not quite to the point where I'm in the moment saying ho'oponopono to myself or anybody else. And I wouldn't say it out loud to anybody else in those situations. But noticing what's coming up, seeing how hard it feels and how much I want to rage back or how much I want to blame or how much I want to just sink into my victimhood. And do the work, the work of loving myself, sending compassion to myself and to that person, seeing the suffering for all of us in that situation and holding it in a container of compassion. Today we covered what Ho'oponopono means and how it relates to taking personal responsibility to being the change you wish to be to wish to see in the world. Thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your journey. I appreciate you and I love your comments. Thanks for posting on iTunes. It helps others find these teachings much more easily. Have a great rest of your week and thank you. Namaste.